Partnership continuing with the Star Tribune editorial board. John Rash and Scott Gillespie with us. They're both on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, the biggest story in the state continues to be the scandal involving feeding our uh, future. $250 million worth of fraud, money intended for kids, 49 indictments, and uh, differing words, attacking words from the Republicans, uh, limited appearances by Democrats, and when they do, very defensive words by the Attorney General Keith Ellison thought the Star Tribune had an excellent story today. Uh, trying to analyze the words of the Ramsey County judge, just reading the second graph from the Tribune story, Judge John Guffman did not issue a written order telling straight state regulators to continue paying the nonprofit feeding our future as they sought more documentation for claim meals to serve the poor. However, the 73-page document of an April 2021 hearing shows Guffman listened to arguments about the payments and commented several times that he saw no regulations giving the state authority to stop paying feeding our future at that point. Keith Ellison on with Vanita yesterday, Jim Schultz on with me, the two candidates vying to be the attorney general, had very different views. Keith Ellison is saying, what choice did I have? And Jim Schultz is saying, no way. The attorney general and the governor both needed to step in and stop this. So, John, as I start with you, give me your words on the words of the judge and how essential this is to the debate and on the political side of it. How do you think it has played out the first seven, eight days since this story broke off uh, the press conference involving U.S. Attorney Luger? Well, regarding the words of the judge, Chad, those are indisputable because they're part of the public record. And the judge himself, in an extraordinarily unusual manner, came forward and said that the way that his words or his actions were being characterized by the governor were inaccurate. And that is not just something that happens in an everyday weekly part of the political back and forth. This is two branches of government, one that usually doesn't involve itself in politics unless they're elected positions, you know, regarding the the judge running for office. And so that really put the Waltz administration and the governor himself on his heels. And in this particular aspect of the case, for good reason, because it was inaccurate because he had not said that as evidenced in our story today and in the public record regarding the politics of this. So many of our listeners are used to on a national and statewide and local level politics of back and forth on an issue on what the Democrats did or Republicans said or vice versa. And in this particular case, this is nothing that involved the Republicans and something that clearly not just upset them, but nearly every Minnesotan in terms of what has happened here. And it's the Democrats playing defense here. And it has changed at least a portion of the tenor of the campaign. And after public opinion polls, including one run by the Star Tribune, showed that the governor enjoyed a lead in this race. It is something that has scrambled, not just the gubernatorial, but the race, but the ones for attorney general and 
maybe even down ballot as well. So this has become a significant political factor in an already contentious election season. So, Scott, let me let me position it to you in this manner, because I think John makes a good point on the Democrats on defense. A couple points on that. Again, to me, Governor Walls, too invisible on this, comes up with the accusations and the judge responds, and then we have not heard from the governor at all. I also think this is another reminder where when Governor Walls is suggesting only two more debates, and Farm Fest to me wasn't, clearly wasn't a traditional debate because Bloy Solson did an excellent job, was mainly only asking questions on agriculture. The two really weren't going back and forth. My point on debates is you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen next week. So for people to say two debates is enough, I think this is another reason why the two debates from Governor Walls is unacce- should be unacceptable to the populace wanting to hear from the candidates throughout the race when different stories pop up. I completely agree. I'm always going to argue for as much public access uh, to the candidates as uh, voters in particular can get. Uh, I think it's healthy for democracy. I think in this state it uh, it would be healthy right now if uh, Governor Walls and Scott Jensen uh, debated multiple times between now and uh, Election Day, more than two. Um, I'd even I'm, I'm wondering whether the two will happen. Uh, we, we, you know, the clock is ticking, uh, and, uh, we'll see, um, you know, I, uh, I guess the calculation, I'm all, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that the calculation in the walls camp is that his lead ranges anywhere from, uh, 18 points in that KSTP poll, uh, to seven percentage points in the star tribune poll, uh, not including your, your margin of error, uh, with either there, but, uh, you know, so run the clock out, and then this story hit, and uh, yep. so he didn't particularly want to talk about that, and I'm sure he doesn't want to talk about the fact that he called for a judge to be investigated on one day and then had to backpedal the next day. Yes, that is that is correct. Let's talk about the money in this race, the trip with another uh, good story in this. Uh, Scott Jensen outraised Tim Walls over the past two months, but it brings up again the huge specter of alliance for a better Minnesota and and the role they play and just the enormous, and I'll start with you first, Scott, financial advantage the Democrats have because of this group. They have already spent just under $9 million in the gubernatorial race attacking and trying to position Scott Jensen in a way that is favorable to Tim Walls. $4.5 million on TV, just about the same digitally so when jensen has some success out raising governor walls he still does not have as much money as walls does on hand and scott and then john you just jump in afterwards we cannot downplay the power that money does play in politics across the country and in particular in this race i think that's absolutely right and uh, I also think that those the TV ads from the Walls campaign that called Jensen too radical for Minnesota using real people's voices must test extremely well, because I think I've seen about 120 of them 
uh, yes. since they started. To, and uh, I was going to say today you've I, seen 120. Yeah, of them. right, right. I watch too much TV, but I don't watch that much. Um, yeah. So they're so they are omnipresent, um, and uh, and that's what you can do when you have that much cash and that big of an advantage. You can hit that again and again and again, uh, and uh, you know polls seem to indicate that those messages uh, are sticking. Again, uh, you know, polls are snapshots in time. The news changes. The story we talked about here at the beginning of our uh, session, uh, you know, that that's news. And that's uh, we'll see how that affects the race from here. What do you think, John? I concur. concur I concur with both of you on the importance of money. And yet the one thing that money can't do is set the news narrative. And I'll just give two examples that have been highly determinative in this race. One was the Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade. And certainly that's been a subject of many ads and a significant push from the governor and many DFLers because they correctly assume, based on public opinion polls, that a clear majority of the public is on their side on this issue. That was a news event that didn't have anything to do with campaign spending. The other one, of course, is what we began and probably will end up talking about the next six weeks of this campaign, let alone after the election, defeating our future scandal. And that is something that, you know, was determined by what happened with the federal government and the FBI um, and Andy Luger, you know, announcing these charges now up to 49 people. That has changed the narrative of the race. So while money is important, it's also how one reacts to news events that are unexpected and certainly out of one's control. And so far, as alluded to in the prior part of this conversation, the governor has been unusually silent about this, if not caught flat-footed. Gentlemen, always appreciate it. Thank you so much. We'll uh, look forward to our next conversation. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Chad. John Rash and Scott Gillespie from the Star Tribune.